and welcome to the Roar podcast sponsored by Veeam Software. Roar is the brainchild of source to create or S2C, a media and marketing firm. I'm Jennifer O'Brien, the host of Roar and co-founder of S2C. I'm thrilled to be welcoming Mark Bentkauer, Veeam Software's Technical Alliances Director for Asia Pacific, to the podcast, which is titled How to Stop Thieves in Their Tracks, Five Hot Tips to Recover from Ransomware and Malware. Mark has worn many hats, including Senior Solution Architect, Director of Systems Engineering, and Director of Solutions Marketing. He's a self-described technology native, a journeyman Unix and Windows Systems Administrator, Software Solutions Architect, Technical Marketer, and People Manager. Interestingly, here's a fun fact about Mark, he's also a Shakespearean actor, a three-octave tenor, and he holds a Bachelor of Arts in Theatre Arts from the University of California, Santa Cruz. Now that's very impressive. Now in this episode, we're getting down into the weeds on how to mitigate the effects of ransomware and malware. Certainly, this is a very important topic at the best of times, and now with remote working and the ongoing corona COVID-19 pandemic and the growing cybercrime activities, it's even more important. It's something that cannot be ignored. Essentially, Mark and I will be discussing how to stop thieves in their tracks, five hot tips to recover from ransomware and malware. Indeed, we want businesses to know there's things that can be done if ransomware gets past your network and host-based security. You can get your files backed up quickly and without paying the ransom to the thieves. You can protect your backups from being infected, even if a virus does manage to infiltrate the network. So let's hear how. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, Mark, you've worn many hats. You're an engineer, but also a very creative person, as I was mentioning earlier, and you've been around the traps. So what are some of the major pain points and challenges that organizations face today? What are you hearing? Well, so everybody's interested in having the ransomware conversation. You know, when I have meetings with uh, customers and, and partners uh, and that subject comes up, people put their phones down and actually want to pay attention and have a conversation. So, look, they're worried, and understandably so. We all see uh, articles every every day on the, on the Internet about another company that's had uh, some kind of a breach or maybe uh, even a company that you're, where you're a customer has to send you an email where they let you know that uh, they've had a breach and that some of your data may have been compromised. And those are not nice things to receive. They're, they're you know, kind of upsetting. So from the company standpoint, they're worried about obviously losing uh, access to data that they need in order to perform a business function. Uh, they're also worried about uh, confidential data uh, being, um, being compromised. Uh, you know, so people's uh, private information uh, might just be as simple as their names, addresses, and uh, email addresses, but it also could be things like insurance information, medical information, et cetera. So there's a potential loss of, of business critical data from both of those standpoints. Um, that leads into a loss of, of trust uh, that people have in those companies. It's, it's a loss of reputation, uh, potentially loss of customers. And um, then, of course, there's the, the loss of business itself if those uh, business critical services are denied and they can't actually run, uh, run their business. And then maybe they have to pay the ransom. And there's no guarantee that if they pay the ransom, they're going to get the data back. So these are the things that people are worried about and that they, that they want to talk about. Um, they like it to not happen, of course. And then if it does, how do they get it uh, mitigated? How do they get their data back? 
get their services up and running and not pay that ransom. Right. Okay. So let's get into that. Let's dive into some of the hot tips. So what are the five hot tips to recover from ransomware and malware? So how do you help organizations stop paying the ransom to the bad guys? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to give you a kind of a long answer. Um, there's there's five pieces to to what we do with our customers to try to mitigate this from a number of different uh, a number of different angles. Um, and what I'll say at the start, of course, is everybody should be uh, using best practices to uh, try to prevent ransomware or malware from infiltrating. So yes, of course, you should be running antivirus. You should be having host-based and network-based intrusion detection. You should be careful about what you're clicking on and, and uh, all of these sorts of things that uh, a lot of us are already trying to do as best practices. And in spite of all of those things, it still manages to get through uh, for a number of different reasons. So you have to assume that at some point you may have to deal with this. So what we are dealing with at Veeam is how do we help people mitigate the problem in the event that all of those best attempts for some reason failed through. So the, the first thing that I would want to talk about is what we call the three, two, one rule. And it's probably one of the most important things because it just fundamentally makes sure that all of your data isn't sitting in one place. So there isn't one place that can get attacked and cause a tragedy for you. So three, two, one rule says, you should always have a minimum of three copies of your data on two different pieces of media, one of which should be offsite. So by doing this, even if the bad guys get to one or even two copies of your data, there still should be a third one that was in another location uh, in, in another place. So the chances of them infiltrating you to the point that they could get to all three of those copies while not impossible, is highly unlikely. So that's that's the first tip: is don't leave all the don't leave all the eggs in one basket. If I have to say it in one really simple sentence, um, the second one is verify your backups. Uh, just because you got a backup done, that's really good. Um, but how do you know that that backup is restorable? And not just restorable, because putting data back on a disk is great. That's kind of uh, the old-fashioned. Um, definition of doing a restore, how do you know the application will actually come up? So I don't want to just put the data back on the disk. I want to know that the application will boot, that the data will load into the application, and that the service will start again, because we really are a service-based um, economy as far as compute is concerned, right? We're really selling applications and services. So um, will my restore yield a running application? Uh, so verify, uh, verify your backups. Um, the third thing is have a way to be able to fix an infected restore. So what happens if you've had ransomware on your system that you were unaware of and you backed up a uh, virus and you go and restore the virus and the virus starts up again, you get yourself in an endless loop. So uh, have a way to uh, restore and repair an infected backup so that you don't end up reinfecting yourself. Uh, the fourth is to have uh, an instant recovery mechanism. You know, sometimes service level agreements are so fast. The agreements that a line of business has with IT might be under an hour. And there isn't necessarily time to do a traditional restore where you are actually restoring data from a medium back to its original location and rebuilding all of those services. Uh, often that can't happen within an hour. 
So you want to have some kind of very fast storage with an instant recovery engine like a Lenovo DM series with ONTAP or something similar to that where you can do an instant recovery from a snapshot and put an entire virtual machine back instantly or maybe even run a virtual machine from its place on the snapshot. So get your services back up and running as quickly as possible from data that you know is good. And then the last is have the ability to do quick item level restore. Sometimes you just need to put a few little things back to get everything working again, but you don't necessarily have the ability to do that if you've got to put uh, entire volume or an entire uh, set of systems back uh, up in total. So have the ability at the application level to just put certain objects or certain uh, files back into place, get yourself up and running quickly. And again, having the ability to do that off of a really fast snapshot engine. So those are the those are the quick and quick and dirty kind of five things that should be able to get any organization uh, that's been compromised back up and running as quickly as possible. Wow, I love that. I love all those practical tips and um, <laughs> practical information. It's fantastic. So, how do you know if a malware or ransomware has gotten past your antivirus or border security? Yeah, well, that's kind of an interesting problem because the border security should have caught it and told you it was there. So it means that for some reason something got through um, and there's a lot of reasons why that might happen. So uh, now that it's for whatever reason gotten through, you need to have a way to see that things are changing in an unnatural way on your file system. So in the case of Veeam, we're able to see that what we call the file checksums, um, the uh, way that we look to see uh, the integrity of a file itself are changing. And if we see that behavior, if I see that, hey, I've got a terabyte of files and it seems like the checksums on these files because the data is being encrypted by a malware are suddenly changing uh, in my backup store, it's not supposed to be doing that. So uh, Veeam software is going to see that and send a report and send an alert and say, hey, uh, this is changing, this is suspicious activity, look at that immediately. Uh, and you can either let a human intervene at that point, or you might even have set up some automatic activity that should take place in the event that that data starts changing. So you might say, I have a, a feeling that if 15% of the data sitting in my backup store changes within 20 minutes, um, a high level uh, of uh, suspicion that that's a malware attack, shut everything down. Uh, immediately page 20 people, you know, go and do something. Okay. So we can see by the activity of the data um, in the store that, that something has changed. Okay, no, that's helpful. And what do you want listeners to know about the appropriate strategies for protecting their business? And I guess in this current state of COVID-19, has that changed? Yeah, so I think that it's COVID-19 has accelerated uh, a problem that already existed. So uh, it opens up some potential new uh, vectors for attack because we've moved so many workers uh, to a remote status so quickly. And uh, most companies weren't set to have 100% of our uh, workforce uh, working from home. So they've had to augment uh, the ability for remote workers to do so. And that potentially has opened up some holes in the network uh, maybe they had to open up additional network um, capability and haven't had the ability to also set up proper monitoring on the network to do that as a as a as if 
uh, or, or a, a you know possibility. Uh, and then additionally, now you've got home workers uh, that are working on maybe their own home laptops and connecting into the corporate uh, system via VPN. Uh, or maybe they're using the work laptop at home and in the off hours, maybe they're doing personal stuff on that laptop, which opens it up to vectors that it probably wouldn't have been open to if it were in the office. So all of these things uh, are not behaviors that we uh, normally have in a corporate environment, and they open up new uh, new possibilities for attack. So that's what's different. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what um, happens down down the line. And this is where I'd like to ask you the your vision for the future. I guess what's next on the data and backup front? What are some of the future technologies we might be able to expect? So I think that for the for the future, we're going to see data becoming even more mobile. So you know, right now we're going through this wave where, as I mentioned, everybody's uh, everybody's coming uh, coming home and kind of working remotely. I don't think that we're going to go back uh, necessarily to everybody working in their offices full time. Not to say that we're all going to be working from home forever, but I think that this kind of opens up a door that's not really going to close as far as people saying, oh. Maybe we don't have to do everything in real life the way that we did it before. Maybe some uh, workshops can be held remotely. Maybe some conventions can be held remotely. Maybe some meetings and collaboration can, can be done that way. So it's going to move uh, not only where data gets used, but it's going to change the nature of where data lives versus where data gets used. And so as data has to transport, that opens up more vectors for the data to get muddled with in one way or another. Um, so I, I, I see that as a change. The, uh, the other thing that's changed is the nature of the kinds of uh, malware and viruses that we're seeing. It used to be that uh, malware would hit and, and, and it would activate immediately and go do something. And now we see that uh, malware will um, sit and sleep for a while, and or it will proliferate in a network, but not actually do its work for some period of time. And then after some period of time, 90 days or something like that, then it will go and start doing its encrypting. And so uh, that's a new behavior as well, because you may end up having it for such a long time that you end up backing up the malware uh, and, and not knowing it's in your backup. And then uh, you want to go and do a restore of your data, you say, okay, I've been very good. I've been backing up, following all the rules. And you go put your data back and you put the virus back too. And the virus looks at the date and goes, oh, it's time for me to go explode and do my thing. And you put your backup, do your restore. The virus kicks in and starts re-encrypting everything again. So now we've got to be more clever about having ways to disinfect a backup that's got a virus in it that got past your original uh, backup, <laughs> pardon me, um, virus software get that virus out of it so you can put a disinfected backup. So these are the sorts of new things that are happening that a, a year ago we weren't really worrying about. Yeah, exactly. And change is constant. We have to come up with new defenses. Well, great. Thank yeah. you, Mark, for your thoughts. That's the end of our show today. Thank you again, Mark, for your in-depth insights and practical tips about how to stop thieves in their tracks, five hot tips to help recover from ransomware and malware. Just to recap a key takeaway, Mark has advised businesses do the 3-2-1 rule. Make sure there are three copies of their data on two different backup mediums, one of them off-site. And be sure to have a way to do instant recovery from a snapshot using fast, reliable storage, such as Lenovo DM Series ONTAP. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, and have a great day. Goodbye.